Good morning and welcome to Living Better in San Diego, a public service presentation of the Intercom San Diego radio stations. I'm Susan DeVincent along with Yvonne Ermey. In studio today, we have Cedric Marula, who's a youth motivator and community organizer, here to talk about an exciting event coming up later this month here in San Diego. So, Cedric, you've been very busy organizing San Diego's second annual African Youth Empowerment Conference. So how does how did this conference come about? Yeah, this conference came about last year when a group of different community leaders in a different African community realizes that there is no platform for youth uh, discussing issues that are affecting them. And most of the conference has always been just like other people uh, doing for youth and you know imposing their own agenda, but not Africans. These are like immigrants that came to this country 15 and 20 years ago. So last year we decided to make something that is more of African for Africans so that we can be discussing issues that are affecting our own problems and proposing solutions. Okay, I was very interested to read this and I want to find out from you if this is actually true that San Diego has one of the largest African communities in the country? Yes, uh, San, San Diego resettled one of uh, the largest you know, uh, refugees or immigrants coming from different countries, speaking of Somalia, Congo, um, you're talking about Rwanda and Burundi and and for the last 15 years, it's been like a really a hub of uh, refugees and immigrants. But, you know, the funny part is that a lot of people do, don't really know about this. And where in San Diego, because I live in City Heights and there's yeah. a large African community there. Are there other communities like that or is, is it concentrated City Heights? Yeah, so City Heights was the hub of a lot of immigrant refugees. But uh, for the last, I would say, five years, there's been a lot of influx. And uh, City Heights has been kind of, you know, uh, maxed out. And now larger of uh, many African uh, refugee or immigrants are now in uh, El Caon City. So you can see now El Caon City is a hub of a lot of Africans uh, living in San Diego. So uh, this population, like you said, this uh, refugees and immigrant population, how do they end up here in San Diego? Does someone choose or when it's petitioned for a refugee status, are you chosen to come to a certain place? or? No, technically once uh, refugees are granted resettlement to a third country, which is like when you were in either a refugee camp or a city outside the U.S., uh, you do not have a choice to choose where to go. It's the UNSCR in partnership with organizations like Jewish Family Services, Catholic Charities, or IRC, or Alliance for African Assistance, that collaborates to bring people here. But you as a refugee or immigrant, you do not choose to come to San Diego. And when you talk about African youth, what, what age group are we talking about here? So right now we're talking about 16 to 28, uh, those who are in school, high school, college, and those who are even out of school. And that's a really important time in someone's life, in anyone's life, to really give people goals about where they're going to start their careers. And you're helping with all of this. Tell us what the conference is really doing. So this conference is going to be amazing because the second year we're doing this, we're trying to make sure we tackle those issues that are more uh, very affecting our community in different levels. But again, when we talk about issues, there are too many issues you can yeah. think of, right? Mm -hmm. So we came together uh, with different organizations, different local organizers and community organizations from different countries and we brought those uh, issues into four main uh uh, issues. So we talking about youth and education as part of success. We do believe that education is a bigger piece to immigrants and refugees to be successful in this country because without education, there's no jobs or good opportunities right. and in that way. Uh, we're also talking about culture integration. You know, one of the bigger piece of a uh, lot of people coming to this country as immigrants or refugees, they really have a hard time to integrate and to understand the American uh, culture as well as 
you know, uh, embracing their own. So we're going to be talking about how you can better make that happen. Um, we live in technology world. We live in social media. We're trying to make sure we talk about youth and social media. And this one is not about just like a daily use, but we're talking about the African narratives and people have. We're trying to make sure that we portray a positive narrative on what people don't know about Africa. And so that we as Africans start portraying that good image to other people that the Africa is not the Africa you see on commercial ads on TV asking for money or mm, asking for donations. Right, right. Africa is a different thing. And the last one we want to talk about money management. We, we are not talking about financial literacy, how you can budget. We're talking about entrepreneurship, startups. We're talking about uh, investment because, you know, we do not see a lot of African immigrants coming in this country becoming successful financially. Right. We want to use this conference to uh, making sure we have people can tell our youth, this is how you can become a millionaire. This is the guide you can do to get you to a million dollars or to start a business. And I want to go to this conference. I know. <laughs> Those are four men topics we're going to be talking about yes you guys are going to be talking about a lot so it sounds like you're going to cover a lot yes um let's go back to education and integration yes so i feel like especially in school for young people people always trying to fit in when they're young and they're trying to go through education so what specifically challenges does the african community have with this exactly you mentioned it you're talking about fit in you know a lot of african community feel like they have to fit in in order to be accepted by the host community Community. You know, when I'm talking about house community, I'm talking about Americans, right? Mm-hmm. And it's been a really challenge because most of these uh, youth, they don't speak English. English mm-hmm. is their third language or fourth or fifth. Like myself, wow. I speak five languages. Before I speak English, it transition is it's transitioning to other five languages so that I can speak anything, That's right? Incredible. So for them to be able to get there, it's really hard. But again, uh, by being able just to pass through that struggle, first of all, of language, to be able to compete with a Native American is not easy. So you can see a lot of dropout, you know, youth don't really uh, finish, but also bullying, you know, because you don't speak the language. When you talk about immigrants, most of them are Muslims or different religion, and people portray them differently. They can easily bully them. That also causes them dropout or not finishing. But we are trying to encourage them that, hey, you know, regardless of all that, you got to finish and make a way somewhere. And I like that the goal is to make everybody really integrate into the community because too often, even though this is a country that's built on immigrants coming to this country, uh, oftentimes when they did initially, they stayed within their own communities. They worked within their own communities. They didn't really try to branch out as much. And I'm originally from Boston and Boston was notorious for there was the Irish section, the Italian section. I mean, we're talking about from when they first came here and it stayed that way. And a lot of those people that came here worked in those areas. They were comfortable around their own people and didn't really try to get out into the community but it has to be different nowadays yeah actually it's where you get placed imagine you're living yes. in congo you're living in rwanda or burundi you're coming from sudan somalia and they bring you to america it's a different culture right sure where they put you is where you feel like home you know so and you don't choose to where you want to be lived. Like you can see in San Diego, a majority of immigrant refugees live in City Heights and El Cajon. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's cheap. No one is going to take you to La Jolla yeah. or Senti or all those are places that are really very expensive. They don't do that, right? But again, if, you know, the system can make that 
space mm-hmm. to scatter, you know, different immigrant refugees in different places so they can integrate. That would be a, bit, a, a good thing because of actually for me, not only that they live in one place, there is actually a lack of integration because you're kind of staying in the same bubble yeah. and you don't really open up to understand what's happening out there. So it's a system that makes, you know, uh, people stay in one place, but it's like just that they don't choose to. And if you can talk to refugees, they will wish to live in different places in the city so that they can at least, you know, see how other other people uh, leave and they can integrate easily. You know, it has to be a, a challenge just living in San Diego. Everybody has a problem with that. It's yeah. so expensive to live here. It is very expensive to, to live here. That's why you can see there is no really exact number of understanding how many African refugees live here, like in a monthly or yearly basis. Yeah. None of these organizations will provide you that number. You know why? Because once refugees come to this city, it's very expensive and they choose to go to different cities or states that are more cheaper. Places like Iowa, Ohio, can Kentucky, Texas, you know, that's where they can find at least a bigger house, a good job without speaking English. Those mm-hmm. can find it. But in San Diego, you are 40, 40, 50 years old woman. You're trying to compete a job at Starbucks with an SDSU student. Yeah, right. it's true. You're not going to make it happen, true, right? Yeah. And it becomes more difficult. And that's why you see a lot of people relying on welfare, which is not mm-hmm. really uh, sufficient and sustainable. But again, there's no choice. And this is why we are having an African Youth Empowerment conference to break this you know a kind of isolation kind Mm -hmm. of de facto segregation and to make opportunities for people that's exactly what we are doing this to show you know youth that hey you are not only stuck in one place you are not only stuck in in this city you are not only stuck with people you have you know there's a lot of things out there and that's why uh, the speakers we bring we try making sure they're very uh, smart and expert and be able to to, to convey that message to the youth. You know, I think kids are better, I say kids, youth are better at that than older adults that might come here. Exactly. Because older adults, and again, when I'm talking about what was going on when they initially came here, there wasn't social media. They didn't know how to hear about what was going on in the rest of the world. So that they stayed in their own communities together because there was comfort in that. Right. There was familiarity. Uh, there was people that they knew, languages that they spoke. And now I think youth are better at doing that. They're better at adapting. But they need the tools to be able to do that. So I'm very excited for this conference. Let's talk about education. Yes. So you were telling me that a lot of these youth, maybe, you know, English could be their third, fourth language. One, I'm super impressed that they, that people are speaking, you know, four or five languages. It makes me feel like a huge underachiever. (laughs) (laughs) Typical American though, right? We're used to people speaking English wherever we go. Exactly. (laughs) So when you look at like the Mexican uh, communities out here, Mexican population or Chicano, Chicanx, you know, there's a lot of resources for second language learners for maybe Spanish or even Tagalog. So are there second language or third or fourth language programs for African studies or African communities? Uh, it's really hard, you know, like uh, one of the schools, let's say in City had, for instance, that has majority of, of youth, let's say in high school level. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about um, Crawford High School or Hoover High School mm-hmm. and other, you know, uh, middle schools around. Uh, of course, uh, some organizations are trying to do after school programs to help, you know, those youth who might have some struggles with language because they speak many and English is not their first or second or third, mm-hmm. but also because of funds cuts. Uh, sometimes most youth don't really have access to that, you know, after school programs to be able to to 
uh, to learn. So they just like, you know, struggle on your own way to find your way out to get to the education you want. Is there any future plan for this or? So there's been always like a community organizing around uh, in mm-hmm. terms of education um, that really helps bring issues about education, like a uh, uh, Crawford collaboration uh, uh, committee that helps like bringing all different uh, parents and, 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 and teachers to discuss about uh, issues and to present them to the, to the authorities to be able to uh, to tackle those issues. So there are people really working to making sure those services are there. We're speaking this morning to Cedric Marula. He is a youth motivator and community organizer and here talking about San Diego's second annual African Youth Empowerment Conference. It's coming up on Saturday, November 30th in City Heights. So why don't you touch on some of the topics that you're going to cover and some of the speakers that you're excited about that are going to be there? Yes, we're really excited about like, uh, you know, different speakers that will be coming from different backgrounds. Uh, we have mostly trying to people that are from the community uh, that have been successful so that they can portray that message. People that are look like them to be like, yes, if Cedric is in this level, then I can too. Mm-hmm. So we are having like uh, one of the uh, speaker will be uh, the founder and the director of Alliance for African Assistance, Mr. Mm-hmm. Walter. Uh, he's going to be there and uh, he's going to be sharing his experience and how he's got to where he's doing. We are having uh, Jordan uh, Morrison. He's a young African American that has been an inspiration of for a lot of youth, not only in the African community, but in the youth in San Diego and, and the nationwide. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Justin Bissimamu de Kereza, he's a director of a new neighbor relief, an organization that help African refugees to uh, be resettled here. And uh, we also have Ramla, you know, uh, she is uh, uh, the director of PANA San Diego, and she's a very advocate and, and, and justice fighter for, you know, youth and, and, and Muslims and all that. So we're having really good people that will come come and share experience and empower the youth. You were just giving your list of speakers and you said uh, Jordan Davidson? Uh, Jordan Morrison. Morrison, excuse me. So uh, Jordan Harrison, sorry. Jordan Jordan Harrison. Harrison. Jordan Harrison. So you said this is someone who's um, inspirational, motivational. What is so inspirational about this person? Yeah, um, you know, Jordan Harrison is, uh, you know, African-American, young uh, person that has been so successful for helping other youth and communities to be successful in in school organizing uh, actually he works at reality changes after school programs mm-hmm. and because of that he even got a uh, right to Harvard uh, which is now really easy to no. anybody in a, in, a, in a black community and it's been a real inspirational for a lot of colleges university in San Diego and you know him being there and see where he has come and being in Harvard and and the work he's doing to help thousands of youth in San Diego, regardless of who they are, to be more successful in education level, it's very amazing to have somebody like that. Someone is educated then here in San Diego and you get them into the community. Is the goal for them personally to stay here in the United States or do they want to go back and make changes in their own country? Actually, honestly speaking, we always encourage uh, our youth to get the knowledge, to understand the system and apply it in their different countries. Right. And we always encourage them to go because, you know, people talk about systems that are broke in many African countries. There's many reasons why that is like that which we cannot talk today but we are trying to encouraging the youth to be able to go back and apply the knowledge yes. to help 
the country and we've been seeing that movement a lot whereby youth really getting like uh, you know uh, medical degrees or engineering or any justice system and go back and apply them and we're encouraging more and more and more to do the same when someone gets a degree there it doesn't necessarily translate here or does it is that part of the challenges it doesn't does it, it? depends on the university some universities are very uh, hard to get the degree transfer some of them are not you know and it depends on who you are but again for me I believe that the education you got the degree is a paper, but the knowledge is what sure. is in your brain. Right. So a lot of people you can see, even though they had a degree, they might want to start again. It's mm-hmm. just a double degree for them. But it must be frustrating for someone that, that over in their home country are a doctor or an engineer, you know, and then come here and have to get these entry-level jobs because it doesn't transfer. That's just awful. We've seen a lot of that, and that's a really one of the major frustrating things that is happening because uh, the system, the way it's built up, I won't say I won't blame this one or that one, but the system, it does not favor those type of people. And imagine you, you were a lawyer in your country of origin or a doctor mm-hmm. or an engineer, you know, and you come here, you need to have a certificate, a license and all this. And it'll take you many years. And you see people that have been in a really high position, either in politics, in government, in business or work, professional work. But when they come here, the first thing they'll tell you, oh, look for a job on a manufacturing company or, or McDonald's or Starbucks, entry level job, goodwill. Why? Because that's where they want you to start, you know. But again, some of those people have been so resilient to be able to start from there yeah. by knowing who they are and jump to the ladder later. That has to be very frustrating. But, you know, they're such hardworking people. And, and again, very prideful people, too. The last thing you want to do is feel like you want to be an award of the state. You, you don't want to have any handouts. So someone like that that's already worked hard exactly. continues to do that when they come here. And you have to respect that. Exactly. But, again, I always heard that, and I just thought that always has to be so frustrating for someone so highly educated. Yeah. yeah. And it seems like you guys are really fighting back with community organizing. Yes. So for the youth, um, what what kind of community building do you guys practice or teach? There's a lot of, um, you know, community building and leadership trainings that is happening. So as you can see, the conference is a network of different organizations mm-hmm. from different communities. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of uh, leadership training skills, like, you know, one of our, uh, our main uh, uh, partner for the conference is Henana community. It's uh, mostly working with Somali youth and they do tackle a lot of issues about uh, leadership, uh, uh, entrepreneurship and civic engagement, advocacy, all those things just to making sure that the youth that they're in Syria, they're immigrant, that they're here as a first generation Americans to understand some of those things. Not only uh, understanding that they can help their own country but also help and support where they are and being part of what's happening in a current uh, life. So are you actually still looking for any speakers for this conference? Yes, we are still looking for a few speakers and especially uh, we want we are looking for somebody that is good at uh, uh, startup money management investments uh, that can be able to uh, uh, be part of the breakout session. And we're also still looking for um, closing plenary speaker. Uh, those are people that have been successful that can share their experience to the youth and uh, making sure that they can be more inspirational to others to follow their footsteps. And again, the people that you want that are there as speakers, since you said this is by Africans, for Africans, is that what you're looking for then? Someone yes, from I that know community. that sounds a little no, no, more it discriminatory. No, it doesn't, no, it doesn't like actually no, to I, me at all. <laughs> and, and I think you need to ask for the order. This is your opportunity to really you know, showcase your event and really say what your needs yes, are. Yes, we are looking for successful Africans. Uh, 
you know, are living in San Diego or, you know, African-American that are mm-hmm. successful that can be able to show that uh, a level of inspiration to others. Yes, that's our main, our main target. But our opening plenary, we are looking to have like a council, um, council members just to be able to convey the opening plenary message because of the district level and just to understand that there these things happening in the city, we're going to open that to, to different other people. But again, we also have a different volunteer opportunities for open to everyone, like breakout session facilitators, checking desk, uh, yes. tabling, uh, food services, and video and audio and things like that. I imagine there's a lot of jobs that need to be filled. How many people do you expect, by the way, at this conference? So we're expecting between 120 to 150. Last year we had more than 150, and it was like middle school and high school, but this year is just going to be like, a, you know, uh, 11 to 12 graders and college level. So, because we want to make it more narrow than more specific. We know there are a lot of different countries represented at the conference and in San Diego. Yeah. Are there some countries that there are, have a bigger population? Like Yeah, Somali is, the, is a big one, uh, followed by Congo. And then we have Eritrean, Ethiopian, uh, Burundians, Rwandese. Uh, we have the Somali Bantu because it's different from the Somali. And also we have uh, different people from Kenya, Tanzania, mm-hmm. Gambia, and uh, some Cameroonian in here. But those ones, you know, are not really too many. But Somali, Congo, Rwanda, Burundi, uh, Somali Bantu, they are majority living around. And this is the second annual yes. African Youth Empowerment Conference. So. How did you get involved with this? Did you just see a need? Yeah, living in San Diego for the last eight years, it's always been uh, something that we wanted to do, but we never got like a platform to do, you know, live and all these things going around. But, you know, two years ago when we started, we felt like, no, this is time. Things need to be addressed and we need to make this happen. And that's why we like, yes, we need to do it. And we decided to do it. Actually, the first one we did it without any funds, without any support, because we wanted to test ourselves. How can we do things without our the idea of being an immigrant and refugee has been always about being given. People give you, people support you, and we tend to forget how good we are and how potential we are. So we start and say like, hey, let's organize a conference. And this first one, we need to organize for ourselves. Let's put our money, let's see our resources we have, let's bring our own speakers, and let's organize our own people and see if we can be able to make it. And we did it. One, I love the story about how you guys wanted to make this for yourself. This is That's incredibly empowering. We could have help, but we want to do it ourselves to see if we can, and you did. There are some people who are, who are not African that will be at the conference, and you guys will be doing education for non-Africans on the community. So yeah. what does that look like? Yeah, uh, this is a really special uh, session we wanted to offer for people that are not uh, African descent and might have, you know, uh, difficulty understanding what Africa is all about than just seeing what they see on TV or radio and social media. So we've created a session that is going to be specific for that type of people so they can learn the African everybody should be aware of. So it's going to be a topic that's going to talk about what the real Africa is and how does it look like so that when they ask you about Africa, you don't just like respond weirdly as we see a lot of questions and responses from people who don't understand what Africa is. First of all, Africa is not a country. Mm-hmm. It's a continent with 
54 countries, different languages. My own country, Congo, we speak more than 400 dialects. Wow. So this is one country with different languages and stuff. So uh, we want to making sure people that are understanding what is Africa. You know? Then is that a language barrier at all, even within your Oh, yeah, your sure. Community? Technically, somebody from East and West might not even get understand each other because, you know, West, they speak like Lingala, is they speak uh, Swahili. But we speak French, which is like a national language that everybody should know. So with so much diversity within the African community, how do you bring it all together? Because I'm sure that it's very diverse, like your own messages. It is, yeah. The thing, the good thing is just is that different community uh, leaders from different countries, from different communities came together and we agreed on general issues that affect everyone. So the issues we're going to be talking about does not only affect Congo, Rwanda, Burundi, they affect the all African youth. That's why in our planning committee, we have like people from Congo, Congo, Uganda, Somali, uh, Eritrea, ten- Tanzania, and the Somali band. So it's it's really different. We were just talking about how this is, and I was surprised to hear that San Diego is one of the largest African communities in the country, but not the only one. Who is even bigger than us, and are you doing this kind of thing in other parts of the country? So the idea is after we're making sure that two or three conferences are really like well established and we work on like really good logistics, now we'll take the conference in different cities so that we can give the opportunity to other youth to be able to do the same. Speaking of other larger communities, we're talking about Arizona. Arizona has a large African community. Like, if you go to Arizona African gathering, you're going to feel like this is a different country or what, you know? Uh, Iowa. Iowa has a lot of refugees. Uh, Texas. Texas is huge in different pockets. has many refugees like Amarillo's and San Antonio's and Dallas area, you know? It is very uh, large. Also, Lexington, Kentucky. Kentucky? And people feel so good going there because it's affordable and yeah. they might find a bigger house and also there are jobs. So those countries, I mean, those states and cities are becoming more larger in terms of African community. You could throw a dart and any other place is going to be cheaper than San Diego, except San Francisco. Oh, man, <laughs> I don't even see if people, I mean, immigrant, li- I mean, unless you are very successful and you can afford one bedroom for like 2000 something dollars oh, if that or yeah. more but yeah. uh you know there are some african refugees in san jose and mm-hmm. few in Auckland, but not really many yeah that's a very expensive place to live <laughs> or or to go to communities where taxes are different yeah, like denver mm-hmm. denver have some african community too so for people that want to go the conference again is november 30th the african youth empowerment conference second annual uh how can people get in touch with you or find out more about this yeah they can check it up on our event right at uh, san diego youth empowerment conference they can register there or they can check it up on our Facebook page at okay. San Diego African Youth Empowerment Conference where they can see all details, number and flyers and, and all that. I guess those are two uh, big platforms we youth and the different community leaders, different organizations that are involved also, they are posting them on their different social media. Good. And again, you're still looking for speakers. You're still looking for volunteers. You and know, sponsors. So reach out. And sponsors. <laughs> yeah, oh, this that's time we're key. really looking for sponsors because uh, we are trying to make it better than last year you know there's always a room for improvement and we need a lot of money to making sure we make that happen that can be used for breakfast and lunch and uh, materials like a conference material like t-shirts and Mm -hmm. printouts and also instruments so and one of the good thing about this conference not only we're bringing like a lot of learning at lunchtime we're gonna have one hour of a culture music poetry and a spoken word so there's gonna be like a performance so we are trying to get like some of those African talent youth that 
have a message they can be able to give in in arts and music form they're going to be doing that too so there's going to be a performance it's going to be amazing and you know remember this is to youth too so you have to keep them engaged that's always exactly. a challenge i don't care where they come from <laughs> i know <laughs> right yeah. always a challenge and music is always part of african culture so there is no gathering of africans without music Mm-mm. well i think music's <laughs> universal music it brings is. everybody together exactly. where in city heights is this actually going to be so this is going to be at uh, city heights by trojan lds church this is a, a church for later day saints they have like a really beautiful world that uh, applies to the conference and the reason why we are doing it you know we would love to do it in a you know conventional center on big hotels but we don't have you know uh funds for that so the lds church through new neighbor neighbor relief organization has helped us with a free space so we're gonna take advantage of it so anybody that wants to go is there a ticket price or is it free what it's is free it? events for everyone free 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 but you know when you get to 150 people we might have some limitations on that but right now it's still free and, and everyone is welcome to join well we hope you grow so much and that that's a problem that next year you you do have to go to a big hotel and you will have more sponsors because it's all about getting the word out that's what you're doing here today exactly that- yeah for anyone out there that would love to be part of this uh either being involved this year next year that want to sponsor a believe in a, a youth and how they want to be successful please you know you can contact us you can check it up our email at sd african youth conference at gmail.com or you can give us a call at 512-677-0064 and we can answer your questions can you repeat that number one more time please? the number is 512-677-0064 <laughs> the email address is just sd san diego youth conference at gmail.com Cedric, thanks so much for coming on the show today. It has been a pleasure to have you. And everybody, remember, you can go to the African Youth Empowerment Conference Saturday, November 30th. For more info, go to their Facebook page at San Diego Youth Empowerment Conference. Continued success, Cedric. You're doing good things in the world. Thank you so much, and thanks for having me. That's it for this episode of Living Better in San Diego. And if you have any ideas or suggestions for us, just reach out to us at livingbetter at intercom.com. I'm Susan DeVincent, along with Yvonne Ermey. See you next Sunday. The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect the opinions and views of the staff and management of the Intercom San Diego radio stations. Episodes of Living Better in San Diego are available on this station's website. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t